Welcome to the Chamber Podcast. In this episode, we're talking about Birmingham. How healthy is it and what role do businesses have to play? I'm Dan Harrison, Press and PR Manager at the Chamber. I'm Henry Spirelli, Director of Policy and Strategic Relationships at the Chamber. And I'm Dr Justin Viney, the new Director of Public Health for Birmingham City Council. Okay, so Justin, it's great to, to have you on the, on the Chamber podcast. And I'm just going to start by asking you a little bit about your background, having just taken over as the uh, Director of Public Health at the City Council. Sure, Dan. So I, I joined the council uh, about eight, nine weeks ago now. Um, previously, I'd been national lead for adult health and wellbeing for Public Health England. So I'd been responsible for improving the health and wellbeing of adults across uh, England. Uh, and in between, I did a short stint with business in the community, uh, working on the charitable side of the business sector as well. Originally, I started training as a GP. Uh, so I've done a bit of uh, medicine, both in primary care and in hospitals as well. Um, but I decided I really wanted to make a difference on a bigger scale. So there's no real bigger scale than Birmingham uh, and the 1.2 million people we have living in the city. So I'm here to make a difference. And as you've just alluded to, you've been here um, just a couple of months now. So how are you finding Birmingham so far? Well, it's a great city. I mean, it's, it's got uh, all the things that I want in terms of art and culture uh, you know, fantastic opportunities in terms of housing, green space. Uh, I'm repeatedly being told we've got more canals than Venice and more green space than any other city uh, in England. Um, but it's also a city that's clearly going through a period of change, uh, and that's fantastic. And the diversity and the vibrancy of the city is a great place to live and work, so I'm really pleased to be here. When we talk about public health, in simple terms, what is it? And also, from our point of view, how does it relate to businesses? So when we talk about public health, we're talking about health at a population level. So um, if you think when I was a GP, I would see you as an individual and I'd listen to your symptoms. I diagnose a disease or condition and I'd set out a course of treatment with you. Uh, And pretty much I'm doing the same thing, but I'm doing it for 1.2 million people at the same time at that population level. Um, Public health is a combination of thinking about how we protect people's health through things like immunisation and vaccination, um, how we help them improve their health um, through things like physical activity and eating more healthily, uh, and how we also make sure that when people do become ill, we're making sure they get the highest quality services uh, and those healthcare services are also helping them to maximise their potential across their their life, of course. Um, So from a business point of view, public health is important because the health of the nation and the wealth of the nation are totally connected. As employers, you want a healthy workforce that are going to give their best at work and be able to achieve their economic potential as well as their personal potential. And you can only do that if we've got a population who are healthy and remain healthy as they age through their life. I totally back that up in terms of the importance of public health to businesses. I think employers in the city, I've been really pleased to see, are more and more aware of understanding how important it is to keep their employees healthy and well and the benefit that brings them as organisations having engaged and well employees. I think in the past businesses used to worry about things like sickness absence, things uh, that were sort of almost too late, uh, sort of engaging with an issue when it becomes an issue, whereas now we're seeing more of a move for employers looking at how they can prevent employees becoming unwell and think of them as whole people and how they can give more to them and in turn how they can give more to their business. Okay, so looking at the current picture then, how does Birmingham currently compare on key public health metrics? So 
I mean, I should say this is the depressing bit of the podcast um, because you can't really talk about um, the health challenges the city have without talking about some of the, the really bad news stories. Um, for example, infant mortality in the city is almost twice the national average. So that's children that are born alive but die before their first birthday. Uh, and in this city, over 230 children die before their first birthday. Um, so it's a really significant challenge. Um, over a quarter of our children, when they reach the age of uh, 10 or 11, are carrying excess weight uh, and are now clinically obese. Um, we have a large number of adults in the city who are facing multiple challenges with drugs and mental health, homelessness uh, and offending issues. Um, and when we look at that, kind of what does that mean in terms of people's life expectancy, how long they're going to live? There is a 10-year difference for men between men who are born in Four Oaks in Sutton Coalfield and men who are born in Chardend. 10 years difference within the city and that's really unusual both in the UK but across the world to see that within one city um, so we've got some real challenges and many of them have been around for a long time the city is improving you know we look at some of the environmental stuff that's going on you know I've thought sure all the listeners are very plugged into the clean air zone debates at the moment but in this city 6.2 percent of deaths are due to air pollution that's more than in the West Midlands and it's more than England um, you know, we do need to change this because if business is going to thrive in this city, we need a population who are thriving. And that means we need to tackle some of these challenges. And do you think some of these big ticket items that are coming Birmingham's way could shift these these outcomes? I think there are some that, that are really important that can have a really measurable impact. So if we take something like vaccination, so chartered immunisation, in this city, only 82% of our five-year-olds have completed their vaccination schedule for measles, mumps and rubella. Now, across the UK, that's more like near 90%, which is what we need to get to to protect those people that can't get vaccination. So we're way off that. Vaccination's safe, it's effective, and it prevents children getting sick. Why is it important to employers? Because if you've got a sick child, you're not coming into work. And a disease like measles or mumps is not just a day or two, it's usually a week or two of sickness absence. Um, and a really tangible kind of example about how you can make a difference in that space is having a family-friendly policy that allows your staff to take your ch their children to go and get these important vaccinations. Because fundamentally, these are the things that save lives and protect children for all of their lives. Um, and we really need to be doing better to look after our kids. And there is a lot of information and support out there, isn't there, in terms of uh, what people need to do to keep and be healthy. Um, I think one of the key roles that employers can play is simply sharing that, communicating with their workforce, what's out there, what they need to be aware of, and how people can access the support and opportunities around them. So, um, of course, and one of the advantages we've got in the West Midlands is we have the Thrive at Work standard that the combined authority have developed which is a great kind of mapping of what can you do. There are free resources from Public Health England and business in the community on specific issues like how employers can respond to issues like domestic violence, to suicide prevention in the workplace, uh, and to also more common issues like mental health and musculoskeletal disease in the workplace. There is loads of free stuff out there. Um, and what we really want to encourage employers to do is use that free stuff to talk to staff and to work with staff to think about how does this work for you and it's going to be very different if you are in um, one of our kind of 
professional services offices on Colmore Row. What you're going to do with your staff there is going to be quite different if you're one of, from one of our garages out in Gravely Hill. You, in, it is about employers working with staff to think about what works best for them and how can you as an employer help them be their best because that's when they give you their best and that's what really starts to pay out in the bottom line for business as well as the bottom line for the city. I think we've seen it make a difference as an organisation, as a Chamber of Commerce. We've actually signed up to Thrive ourselves uh, and are looking forward to implementing all of the support there for uh, our employees. But we've also put in all sorts of different things around more physical activity in the workplace, uh, opportunities for employees to do physical activity classes during the day. I'm a mental health first aider and there are a number of us in the business now. And just looking at those little different touch points that we can do as a a medium-sized business, not a big business, uh, to really make a difference to employees within our own organisation. So when we talk to businesses about wanting to invest in their people and wanting to consider more about uh, their health and wellbeing, we're actually doing it ourselves as an organisation. And I do actually have to say, I've been really impressed by how the business community over the last couple of years seems to have really grasped this as an issue and an opportunity. Uh, we run a campaign called Growth Through People, which is all about helping businesses boost productivity through investing in leadership and people management. And health and wellbeing is a key part of that. And over the three years that we've run it, it's grown exponentially every year as more and more people have got involved, taken part in the events, downloaded the resources and generally got stuck in. I think there are also some fantastic opportunities for the city on the horizon as well, aren't they? And Justin, I'm sure you want to talk more about the Commonwealth Games and what that could mean for health and wellbeing in the city. Sure. Well, I mean, we have got this great opportunity, the Games coming in. It's a great opportunity both in terms of inward investment and what that's going to mean for sporting facilities across the city but perhaps more importantly for most of us that don't live on the doorstep of Perry Bar is what it's meaning to the city in terms of its transport infrastructure uh, and actually really moving Birmingham into being uh, the cutting edge of an active travel landscape um, so that it's going to be easier to move around the city it'll be easier to walk it'll be easier to cycle the bus routes hopefully will improve we've obviously got the metro rail extension as well Um, and it's really important business plays its role in that and influencing it Um, business through the local enterprise partnership and through the chamber have an opportunity to influence the the transport infrastructure in the region Uh, and particularly things like the buses that are done at a west midlands level Um, there's only so much we in the council can do Um, but also working with us really proactively around things like the clean air zone and the clean air strategy for the city Um, the games is where the eyes of the world will turn to birmingham you know, at its bluntest level, that for me is why immunisation is so important because I, I don't want to have a million visitors to the city bringing all their bugs and everything else <laughs> and we haven't done what we need to do to protect our kids during this time. Um, so there's a real opportunity there to use it to think beyond perhaps where we've traditionally gone in terms of this is all about sport and physical activity. This is a great opportunity for the city to come together. You know, having lived through London in 2012, um, and yes, I did get to go and see a couple of sporting events, but not that many. Um, and actually, the traffic wasn't as horrendous as everyone warned us it was going to be. And I was commuting through it every day. Um, but actually, what it really did was help people feel part of a city. And my hope is that the Games for us will deliver a legacy which lasts for the city. And that legacy is about having a thriving business community, a thriving population, communities that live together in an integrated and cohesive way where all of us can achieve our potential in life, whatever our ability and whatever else uh, life throws at us. And the Games gives us a moment in time to, to really aspire to that. 
just finally then it's clear that business does have a, a huge role to play but how can businesses actually influence the council's public health strategy for Birmingham? So uh, we're consulting at the moment on the public health priorities for the city. So if you go onto the Be Heard website, and some of you will have found it already because of the clean zone, clean air zone stuff, but go on to Be Heard, um, go through the consultation. What it's about is helping us to prioritise. In in a city of this size and the scale of the challenges, um, it's hard for me to sit here and kind of go, this is what we should focus on as the absolute priority. Some of the challenges we have are very emotive. Um, So when I talk about infant mortality, I have yet to meet anyone who goes, that's not important, uh, and who isn't shocked uh, by the large number of children affected. But at the other end of the scale, if we're talking about social isolation of vulnerable older adults, um, and we're really talking about older adults who have absolutely no contact with anyone, um, there are significant numbers in the city of older people in that space, and that is also equally distressing and and emotive. Um, And the challenge is, which one's more important? Um, So part of this is about asking citizens and organisations to help us prioritise. There's an opportunity to also help give us ideas um, about how we can work more effectively to change some of these issues and and really deliver it. Um, And the priorities are set out across the life course. So there are priorities for children, for working age adults, for ageing well. There are priorities around the built environment. Uh, clean air and around immunisation, uh, screening and health protection. And then there are two cross-cutting priorities, obviously uh, making the best we can from the games, but also a priority about closing the gap. Um, and that's around reducing inequalities. So the gap between both Birmingham and the rest of the West Midlands and, and the rest of England, but also the gaps in the city. We should be moving to working together to create a city in which everyone can achieve their potential. And it shouldn't matter if you're born in Chardend or you're born in Four Oaks. Your life expectancy in this city should be the same because we as a city should stand together to improve the health of our population. So I really hope that every employer in the city takes a couple of minutes to have a look at the website and give us your thoughts, but also actively think about how you can work with the Chamber to help us all work towards a city in which everyone can thrive. Thank you for listening to the Chamber podcast. To hear more episodes... Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Audio Boom, or go to the latest news section of www.greaterbirminghamchambers.com.